Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. You may be familiar with the traditional hymn, It is well with my soul. It sings, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Powerful and impactful words to be sure, but they are exponentially so when you learn the story of the person who wrote those words. Horatio Spafford, was a senior partner in a major Chicago law firm, but we won't hold that against him. And he was a prominent real estate investor. However, in October of 1871, the Great Chicago Fire laid waste to almost all of his investments. But that was the least of his concerns, because also in 1871, Spafford's four-year-old son died of the scarlet fever. Words fail me when reading such tragedy. Then, two years later, in 1873, Spafford's wife and their four daughters sailed to England for a family vacation. But on November 22nd, their ship was struck by another, killing 226 people, including all of Spafford's daughters. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him a telegram with just two words, survived alone. Immediately, Spafford sailed to England to join his wife, and his vessel passed over the very same waters that claimed his four beloved daughters. He wrote those words, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, it is well, it is well with my soul. As the kids say, I can't even. When contemplating such a story and such a faith, I am tempted to engage with it in a very simplistic manner. Isn't your faith in God impressive, Mr. Spafford, condescendingly patting him on the posthumous head? You are an excellent little disciple. I'm reminded of well-meaning folk who, when attending a family member's funeral, not knowing what to say, but needing to fill the void of awkward silence, they blurt out, well, Uncle Leo is in a better place. That is true, to be sure, but difficult for a grieving person to hear. 
For in the face of enormous tragedy, we often don't know what to do. When truly something awful happens, we are tempted to bury our emotions. Be good, non-emoting Episcopalians. Bury to emulate our English ancestors and keep a stiff upper lip. But that is not real or authentic. And I'm not talking about stubbing your toe or your team losing the big game. I'm contemplating disaster, devastating storms, part of our souls being ripped away by the cruelties of this world. I consider this day those moments that threaten to break us. The main character in our Old Testament reading this evening is synonymous with tragedy, Job. Chapter 1 of the book of Job describes Job as blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, servants, and many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. It was good to be Job, but all of this is taken away. The livestock all die, the servants are killed, and his children are crushed to death. And Job says, quite honestly, I loathe my life. I will give free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. Three friends of Job gather and sit with him and attempt to comfort him. And Job says, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. Have windy words no limit? Or what provokes you that you keep on talking? Oh, that the preacher would heed Job's warning against windy words. But then, after all of that, in the pit of his despair, Job utters the majestic words of today's Old Testament reading. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. You might recognize these words of Job, for we repeat them every time we gather for a funeral. That sacred service begins not with a fanfare or a hymn or a grand procession, but one voice processing into the room, proclaiming, I am resurrection and I am life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life, even though he die. And everyone who has life has committed himself to me in faith, shall not die forever. As for me, I know my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. After, after my awaking, he will raise me up, and in my body I shall see God. I myself shall see and my eyes behold him, who is my friend and not a stranger. This life of faith, it's not a simple one. We are not meant to walk the journey blind or Pollyanna-esque or saccharine 
But the miracle that we contemplate today is the fact that even in the midst of the most horrible hardship, somehow we are able to rise, to rise above the most awful tragedies of this world and say, I know my Redeemer lives. I have a friend named Alex, who is a photojournalist, and a friend, Paul, who is a priest. And after a long battle with cancer, Alex's mom died far, far too early. And Paul sat with him in his grief. And one night, at a coffee shop, sitting with Alex, Paul got up, stood on his chair, and said in a loud voice, This stinks! Except there are a few words between this and stinks. And he did not use the word stinks. And that is one of the best examples of pastoral care I've ever heard. You need not hide your tears. You need not bury your frustration. As Ellen and I try to teach our kids, it's okay to be sad. The life of faith can include lament and questions and most certainly pain. But something Something stirs within us. Something gives us the strength to rise up and keep on keeping on. As Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, the Holy Spirit spurs us to stand firm and hold fast. Or as Jesus says today, he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. And we in turn boldly respond, I know my Redeemer lives.